Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Holy Week Revival Podcast. This week we are excited to welcome special guest speakers, Bishop Steve Fender from Living Way Church in San Antonio, Texas, guest preacher Jabin Chavez from Free Chapel in Irvine, California, Pastor Jonathan Moore from North Rock Church in San Antonio, Texas, and our very own lead pastor, Rex Johnson. Let's stick around until after the message for a very special announcement from worship pastor Randy Davenport. And now with his message entitled, Get Up, Pastor Jamin Chavez. Man, I'm honored to be here. Let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Read one portion of scripture and um, bring greetings from Free Chapel and Pastor Jensen Franklin, my pastor, my spiritual father, and uh, he loves Austin too. And uh, he was he was real excited that I was coming here and sends his greetings. Luke chapter 8. Well, I, I reckon pastor's standing for the word, so let's all do it. Come on, somebody. Luke chapter 8 and verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, the leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. He had one daughter who was about 12 years old, and she was dying. And as Jesus went with him, He was surrounded by the crowds, and a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years of constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked, and everyone denied it. Uh, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you, but Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out of me. And when the woman realized she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fall to her knees And the whole crowd uh, heard her explain why she had touched him. Now, she's about to realize something, that grace and law are radically different. That under the law, the reason she was afraid is because if you were unclean, you could not, not only could you not touch humans, you could definitely not touch men, and you could definitely not touch a rabbi. And you would have made that rabbi unclean in that moment. You could have been stoned for it. But under the law, when an unclean thing touched a clean thing, the clean thing became unclean. But under grace, when an unclean thing touches a clean thing, the unclean thing gets cleansed. And you might feel unclean today, but if you'll reach out and touch Jesus. All right, that's not my sermon. Stop. Keep going. Daughter, he said, now no, daughter, he just messes everybody up. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. But while he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and he told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. She will be healed. They arrived at the house, and Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in except Peter, James, and John. By the way, you can't take everybody who's been with you (laughs) into your future. I'm giving you free sermons. I'm not preaching on any of this, but it's just for you to... Some of you are, you feel like you're hitting a wall. You're not hitting a wall. God just says, you just have to leave them. Because if you take them into where you're going... Okay. Help me, Jesus. I'm not trying to, like, get in your business on the... We're just meeting, okay? 
The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. Now notice this. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. And he took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, again, a rabbi, a priest, a holy man could not touch a dead thing. That's different under grace. My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned. She immediately stood up. I, I, I kind of want to prophesy more than preach tonight. Um, what the enemy said was dead, Jesus said is only asleep. And I want to speak really a word of restoration tonight that what the enemy has told you, it's over, it's dead, it's gone, give up, quit. You'll never get that back. You'll never get that marriage back. That child will never come back. That you'll never be healthy again. You'll never, you'll never this, you'll never that. And what the enemy said is dead. God says, no, it's just been asleep. And I believe it's going to wake up tonight in Jesus' name. And Jesus said, my child, get up. I want to preach from that subject tonight. Get up. Get up. Father, we love you. Would you speak now? Holy Spirit, in all that I say, would you reveal Jesus? You have to do that. I, I, I can't do that. It, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So save everyone who needs saving. Heal everyone who needs healing. Encourage everyone who needs encouragement call everyone who needs calling. I pray that tonight would be that night, a miracle night, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Uh, I love how the scripture starts in verse 40. Uh, we find out when we read this text in Mark that Jesus is now coming back to Galilee. He had been in Galilee he left Galilee, and now he's coming back to Galilee. Uh, his first visit to Galilee, quite frankly, wasn't that great. Uh, he's teaching, but there isn't much happening. There aren't many miracles, many healings. Uh, his family is saying he is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. We need to get him in a mental asylum. Uh, it's really no good. People are trying to trap him, trying to accuse him. And there's really no faith in Galilee so Jesus leaves Galilee, goes to the Gadareans, he begins to do some great miracles there. But now he's coming back to Galilee for a second time. He's coming back again. Uh, I love this about God. Uh, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. We serve a God of the second chance and the third chance. And I don't know if I'll get many amens, but like the 10th and 20th and 30th and 40th and 50th and 100th. Maybe an honest saint here like me, like a thousandth chance. Like, like we serve the God who comes back again and again and again and again. And though we run, we cannot hide. Where can we go from your presence, oh God? Even if we make our bed in hell, you are there with us. We could say we're going to go hide in the dark. And God says darkness is light to me. We, you can't get away from God. He, he will continue to chase you down because he loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for your life. And though the people rejected him, he comes back a second time. And, and, and this time was different. 
this visitation was different. If I could say it this way, this season was different. And I want to tell somebody that the season you're about to walk into is going to be different. What didn't work the first time, I believe is going to work this time. What didn't pan out quite the right way is about to pan out the right way. Where there's been warfare, where, there's, where, where, there was, uh, where there was a lack of faith, where there wasn't any breakthrough, where it seemed like the heavens were closed and nothing could really happen. Uh, that was then, but this is now. And God would say from the prophet Isaiah, forget the former things. I, I have something new for you, but it's going to take you forgetting where you've been and believing God again. And I just want to encourage you today that I believe God is visiting your family again. I believe he's visiting your life again. I believe he's he's beginning to touch your destiny again. He's beginning to speak to your dreams again. I know it didn't work last time, but I believe things are going to shift in your favor this time. And don't look at your history as your guide. Begin to look at your destiny as your guide. Begin to look at the spirit of faith that is inside you as your guide. Begin to look at what God has done in the word as your guide and say, okay, it may not have worked last time, but I believe this time will be different. This season will be different. This summer will be different. 2015 will be different. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on where I've been. I'm moving forward. Come on, somebody say I'm moving forward. He comes back a second time. It, it's a different season. It's it's a different visitation. And it's really not because God has changed. Because the people have come now with expectation. The Bible said that as he came into Galilee on the boat, the people are waiting for him. I could imagine Jairus there with his toes in the water, waiting. Now, he wasn't like this the first time, but now he needs a miracle. It's funny how (laughs) when you need something, (laughs) things kind of change in your life. This time he, he's, he's come with expectation. It's like Jairus said, I missed my last opportunity, but I will not miss this opportunity. And I want you to know something. Maybe you missed your last opportunity. Maybe you made some great mistakes. Maybe you've really messed up and, and you're going, man, I did this and this and I missed this. And, and you may have. And the enemy's saying it's over, but it's not over. Because if you're breathing... You still have potential. If you're breathing, you still have a destiny. If you woke up this morning, that means that God still has a plan for your life. And he's not finished with you yet. So don't you dare give up on him. Don't you dare give up on your family. Don't you dare give up on the prophetic promise of your life. Something in Jairus said, I missed it last time, but I won't miss it again. And this time I'm going to wait for him. And he's expecting him. Expectation is the breeding ground for the miraculous. Are you expecting? Are you believing? Uh, I'm not asking, are you saved? I'm not asking, are you living right? I'm not asking if you read your Bible this morning. I'm saying, are you expecting? Or have you let life circumstances beat the expectation out of you? He says, I will not miss this opportunity. And now they come with faith. The Bible says they're waiting for him. The Bible says they're pressing in around him. There was something in the people that said, this time will be different. God honors faith because faith honors God. Listen, faith doesn't give you everything you want, but it does provide everything you need. And God loves faith and is honored by faith and therefore honors faith. 
Faith is not you just having an ugly face going, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm going to believe God, I'm going to go on 40 day fast, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. A Whataburger, okay. No, no, that's not faith. I don't know how you can fast in Texas with Whataburger, Jesus. And we went some barbecue place today. I don't know. I, I, no, we do a 21 day fast at our church. I, not, not in Austin. Okay, anyway, it was so good. I got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and water baptized again. While I was eating it, okay, so it was heavenly. That's not, that's not faith. Faith is believing God. Faith is saying, God, I believe that you're not just a promise giver, you're a promise keeper. I believe that you are who you say you are. And God says, I'm so honored by that. And because you've honored me by your faith, I'm going to honor your faith. What are you expecting? I, I, I hate this old adage, well, don't, don't get your hopes up. Well, no, it's looking good, but well... Well, don't get your, don't get your, no. Let me tell you what God would say. God would say, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Believe God again. Expect again. Get excited about what God can do in your life again. Jeremiah 29, 11 says it this way. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. Pastor Brian Houston said it like this. Anything can happen and it probably will. Boy, I want to live that way. Anything can happen today. I'm going to open up that mailbox. There's going to be a check in the mail. I don't know where, I don't even know where it's coming from. I'm just, I got some rich uncle I didn't even know about. I'm going to get an inheritance. Like something good's going to happen. Anything can happen. Don't believe for doom and gloom. We're watching CNN and MSNBC and woe is me and all the rest of them. And it's like, that's not going to build your faith. Anything can happen. And it probably will. I love what Dr. Oral Roberts said. He said, something good is going to happen to you. What a great way to live. I want to live that way. Something good is going to happen to me. Don't wake up. You know, you wake up in the morning and the, it's cloudy and, you know, your arthritis is kicking in. You're like, oh, and then the next morning the sun's shining and you go, well, I guess we're in a drought. God's judging America. No, it's like, stop it. Something good's going to happen today. Get excited. Get full of faith. Believe God to do something supernatural in your life that, man, I just believe God can do anything and can do something good. And, and I'm just, that's going to be my confession in good times and bad times. When I'm happy, when I'm sad, something good is going to happen today. And praise is the ultimate expression of expectation. See, if, if, if you praise God because something happened, that's like that's a that's a good praise. You should be grateful. But real praise, like life-changing praise, is when everything is falling apart around you and you thank God anyway and you praise God anyway. It's called thanking him on credit. Knowing that God is a debtor to no man. So God, I'm going to thank you now. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to thank you now expecting something good to happen. Can we take a praise break real quick and just take five seconds to thank God that everything is about to turn around in your favor in Jesus' name. Stop it. You're making me preach. Stop, 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 stop. And Jairus says, Jesus, I I need you to come home with me because I have a daughter 
She's 12 years old and she's sick. I think it's interesting that Luke would say she's 12. This was a very important year in, for the Jews because the, the Jewish leaders thought that at 12 years old, the, the girl was leaving childhood and entering into adulthood. Not that she was a full-grown adult yet, but she was leaving one season and entering another season. It was a transition year. Isn't it amazing that the enemy would attack her in transition? Many of you have been saying, I'm in a season of warfare. You're not. You're in a season of transition. <laughs> the reason it feels like the devil's living in your basement right now is not because you did anything wrong, but because you've actually been doing the right thing. And God is taking you to the next level. And God is taking you higher. And God is taking you to everything that he has for you. And the reason that it feels like the warfare has increased is not because you're necessarily in a season of battle. You're actually in a season of transition. And in this season right now, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose your faith. Don't, don't lose what God has put in you because he's attacking right now because he has a, an unholy hunch that you're about to go into everything that God has for you. He can see you maturing. He can see you moving forward. So he's trying everything to stop you right now. But listen, no. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Elbow your neighbor, say, I'm in transition. I'm in transition. Don't panic, you're just in transition. Don't quit, you're in transition. You're actually in the will of God. Well, I thought the will of God was just, you know, roses and tulips and rainbows. No, it's progress. They begin to go towards the house. And as they do, no doubt I think Jairus would have been talking to Jesus, thanking Jesus, walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, encountering Jesus, the love of Jesus. I mean, I think it would have been an awesome moment. I think it would have been a powerful moment. And, and as they're walking, Jairus is talking. He's probably a little nervous. He's with the rabbi, and he's, a, you know, and this and this. And he's just talking, talking, talking. And no doubt he's very focused on his house and getting to his daughter, and he knows his daughter could die at any moment. So, so, so he's in a hurry. And as he begins to talk to Jesus, and uh, all of a sudden he, he no longer hears Jesus, and he no longer can hear the footsteps of Jesus and he no longer feels the presence of Jesus. And, huh, what, what do you do when, 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 when you got a word from God and then God starts walking with you in that word and then Jairus looks around and he's no longer around and, and he looks back about 40 feet and Jesus' back is now turned to him and he's now healing a woman. <laughs> well, what do you do when it seems like everyone around you is getting blessed and you got a promise from God and you're waiting what do you do in that moment see, see we, we preach on the woman with the issue of blood man it's powerful you know gotta press through the crowd whatever it takes I'm gonna touch the hem of his garment it's, it's incredible it's awesome she's incredible she's awesome unless you're Jairus oh don't act all holy up here in Austin Texas don't act like you're just that saved super saved no How do you respond when seemingly God is blessing everybody but you? 
your friend rolls up to church in the new Mercedes whatever and your car's being held together by Christian bumper stickers and <laughs> Never mistake God's patience as a lack of compassion. You're in a hurry, he's not. He's not panicked. God is not freaked out. God doesn't wake up in the morning and go, oh my me, what do I do? No, he, he doesn't do that. He knows exactly what he's doing. Delay is not denial. Friend, your miracle is in motion even when it looks like everything around you has come to a screeching halt. This is what's awesome about God. He's so, God is so God that he doesn't have to move to move. Well, I don't feel like he's moving. No, he's moving because he's that big. I don't feel like he's doing it. He's doing a lot. You just can't feel it right now or sense it right now. And, it, and it, you may not be experiencing yet, but, but trust me, God has not forgotten about you. He can do this and this and this and this and this and this all at the same time. And though it looks like it's denial, it's not. He is working on your behalf even when you don't feel it or see it or sense it. And maybe what he's doing is he wants to see your response to another person's miracle. See, I, my pastor talks about this. It's easy uh, there in, 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 in Romans. Um, Paul says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, Romans 12. Uh, you know what, I've, I've come to find out, it's easy to weep with those who weep. <laughs> you get on Facebook and there's a prayer request. Oh, we're praying, we plead the blood. Yeah, 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 bah, bah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're anointed. About six months later, they got their breakthrough. They're in Maui. You can't even like a photo. <laughs> See, it's easy to weep with those who weep, but can you rejoice with those who rejoice? You're single, and your girlfriend's single, and your other girlfriend's single, and y'all walking into, oh, there ain't no good man in this church. Ain't nobody saved. What are we going to do? We got to pray together. Girl, we're going to pray together. Oh, you can weep with those who weep. But then like May, June rolls around and you get wedding invitation after wedding invitation after wedding. And it's like, if I get one more wedding invitation, I'm going to cuss somebody. Can you rejoice with those who rejoice? Can you be happy for somebody else's miracle while you're waiting on your own? I believe so many times God is actually looking at you saying, okay, how are you going to respond in this moment? Because it's actually going to dictate the timing of your breakthrough. There's, a, there's an amazing scripture in, in, in John 11 where Jesus says, I think it might come up on the screen, Jesus says, uh, Lazarus is dead. And now look what it says. And I'm glad. Jesus, were you in a bad mood? Did you not get enough food? What, what happened? Notice why, notice why, notice why. For now, you will really believe. You know that there are certain things that God has to let die in your life? <laughs> because if, see, Lazarus was sick. If Jesus would have went and healed Lazarus, no one would have believed. It would have just been another healing. So he waits four days. The rabbis thought that for three days, the soul hovered over the body. 
And for three days as the body was dead, the soul was still hovering and there was hope for resurrection. But on the fourth day, give up, bury him, embalm him. It's over. And Jesus waits four days as if to say, I'm going to break all religious tradition. I'm going to break everything you think you know about me and know about eternity and know about my miracles and know about what I can do. So I'm actually going to let this thing die for four days. And then I'm going to resurrect it so that you'll believe. And many times what God is saying is I'm waiting for that thing to die and I'm letting that thing die and I'm wanting to see if you'll praise me and trust me in the death because then when I bring resurrection and when I bring the miracle, you won't take the credit for it. See, because if he does it too quick, it's like, yeah, I was awesome and I've been praying and believing God and I'm incredible and I sowed my seed and I did this and I did this. And, and you've got 19,000 steps to why you got your miracle. And it's, and it's not to God be the glory, it's to you be the glory. But God says, so I'm going to wait a little bit longer so that you get to the point that when I release the miracle in your life, nobody gets the glory but God alone. And I want you to know some of you have been waiting and waiting and waiting, but I believe we're in a resurrection season right now where things are about to come back to life and nobody is going to get the praise but God alone. Can you celebrate another person's miracle? Can you rejoice with those who rejoice when in reality you're weeping on the inside? Let me tell you what happens when you rejoice with those who rejoice. You reject a spirit of lack. Let me teach for a second. You, you reject a spirit of lack when you rejoice with those who rejoice. See, if, if I believe there's only so much blessing, and, and, and Pastor Rex is blessed. He's just blessed beyond belief. And, and I say, well, he's got, he's got all this blessing, all this. I guess, I guess that means it's, it's all for him. And now I get jealous, and I can't rejoice with him. Let me tell you what I'm really doing. I'm saying God is small. Because I'm saying there's only so much for God to give. But the moment that I rejoice with him, and celebrate with him and, and, and shout with him and get excited with him. Now what I'm saying, I, what I'm really doing is I'm really praising God. And what I'm really doing is I'm saying God is really big. Isaiah 41 says he's the everlasting God. In other words, he can't run out. Ephesians 3.20 says that he's exceedingly abundantly above. And every time I rejoice with those who rejoice, I'm really celebrating the, the grandeur of God. I'm celebrating how big God really is. I'm, I'm beginning to praise the exceedingly abundantly above God that I serve. And every time that I celebrate with you, I'm praising God. Friend, you got to know something that a doctor might say, I've done all I can. A therapist might look at you and say, I've done all I can. A teacher might look at your child and go, I've done all I can. But friend, God will never say, I've done all I can because there's always more and more and more, and every time I celebrate with you, I'm celebrating how big God is. Can we just take one moment and thank God for who he is right there? Come on, somebody. He's a big God. Huh. And while he's speaking to her, while Jesus is speaking to the woman with the issue of blood, a messenger comes. Every time it, it seems like the voice of the enemy is increasing in your life, 
uh, I don't know if you say this in Austin, every time haters start showing up, y'all know about haters, don't look at your neighbor, y'all know about haters, okay? (laughs) You know you're on the brink of a miracle. See, this was the enemy's last chance to discourage Jairus. Give up. It's over. She's dead. See, what you need to know is this was not only an attack on Jairus' faith. It was an attack on the character of God because he said, don't bother the teacher. As if our God can be bothered by our faith. Ah, You've made too many mistakes. You've sinned too much. You've done too much. Don't bother God anymore. Just give up on God. God is is done with you. God is tired of you. God has a lightning bolt and he's ready to throw it at you. God is rolling his eyes and huffing and puffing at you. No, no, no. This is not the God that we serve. We serve a God of grace and mercy. But but those, those voices begin to come and say, stop bothering the teacher. It's over. Quit. And maybe you've been dealing with those voices. What you need to know is that means you're actually closer to your miracle than you've ever been. And the reason that everything around you is surrounding you saying to quit is because the enemy knows that if you can just hold on a little bit longer and if you can just press on and break through in this moment, you're about to experience resurrection power. Don't let messengers who do not know Jesus try to tell you about Jesus. All right, let me preach for a second. I need somebody to help me preach. They don't know God. They don't know about God. They don't know about your promise. They don't know about your destiny. They don't know the things God's spoken to you. They don't know the things you've heard from God in the middle of the night when you've been pressing in. They don't know the prophetic promise over your life and over your children. Don't let some teacher try to curse your child. Don't let a government official try to curse your family. Don't let somebody try to tell you what you can and cannot do. Listen, if God has said it, God can do it, and I'm not going to let anybody who does not know my God, does not know my promise, does not know who my God is, try to tell me about my God. Hey! Come on, somebody help me preach. Clap your hands right there. Isaiah 53 says, who has believed our report? I don't believe the report of the news. I don't believe the report of this person or that person that does not know God. I, I, I appreciate culture and I appreciate sociologists and I appreciate doctors and I, I appreciate all of that. But listen, I'm going to believe what God has said. And I'm not going to let them tell me about my Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus in this moment says, don't be afraid, just have faith. He will be healed. And I can almost imagine Jairus there going, are you, are you talking to me? Are you talking to her? Are you? Listen, Jairus was so close to Jesus that when the voice of the enemy came, he didn't even have to speak. Jesus spoke. <laughs> Friend, can I tell you, you can get so close to Jesus. And the doctor says, you're going to die, and it just, right out of your spirit, just, now by his stripes, I'm healed. And, and you look at the bills, and you say there's too much month at the end of the money. I don't listen to country music, all right? But some out of your spirit says, but God's going to supply for all my needs. 
Your child looks at you and says, I'm an atheist. And it just right out of your spit, no fear, you just say, no, me and my whole household shall be saved. You've gotten so close to God. You've gotten so in the secret place with God Almighty that it's not even your words anymore. It's his words. Jairus stayed close when he could have ran. Jabin, what do I do when I don't want to read the Bible? You read the Bible. What do I do when I don't want to pray with your spouse? You pray with your spouse. What do I do when I don't want to come to church? You go to church every time the doors are open. And you get so close to God. When everything around you is saying give up, God's saying get up. And if you'll hold on to God, when you want to run from God, you run to God. Hey. You don't stay saved your whole life because you always feel it. But you hold on and you stay close. And then you get a breakthrough. And he says, let's go to the house. And they walk into the house and Jesus says, stop the weeping. Hmm. He's, He's not saying toughen up. He's saying, you've been in a weeping season. Man, I feel the anointing. Your tears are real, and your tears are justifiable, and your tears were right. And you had every right to weep over your baby. And you had every right to to weep over that season. And you had every right to weep in that moment because it was real. And the Bible says there is a time to weep. And, and, and it was real. And it, and it doesn't mean you don't have faith. It just means you're human. And it, and it just means you need God. So he's not saying you need, to, you need to get over it. He's saying you've been in a season of weeping. But it's over. <laughs> that just shot through me. I could run right now. You've been in one season, but it's about to shift. And you're about to go from a season of weeping to a season of resurrection power. You're about to go from a season where it seems like everything is dying and everything is over and you can't get a breakthrough. And God, where are you? Whoo, my God. And God, what are you doing? Where are you? What are you saying? And are you speaking? And what's going on? I feel like everything in my house is dying. I, I feel like my marriage is dying. I feel like my babies are dying. I feel like my dream is dying. God, I'm trying to hold on. I'm trying to stay faithful. But God, the tears are real. And God says it was a real season of your life. It was a season of brokenness. It was a season of pain. It was a season of the valley. But that season is coming to an end in the name of Jesus. And though weeping may endure for the night, joy, come. Am I preaching to anybody? Good morning. Everything is about to turn around. You've wept long enough. It's time to experience the miracle power working of God. And if you believe you're about to walk into it, I dare you to praise God right there like everything. Like all the years that the devil stole, God can give it back. I feel right now, I feel a prophetic thing that there was a, 
Somebody has gone through a five-year trial. Who am I talking to? A five-year. Feels like either you're, you're in it right now or you, were, you went through a five-year something. Season of darkness, season of warfare. And the devil said, you lost that moment. But God's about to restore those years. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to, sir? You're not behind. This isn't part of my message. You're not, you're not, you're not late. Because see, God can do something. Like when you're watching a DVD and you can skip chapters, God can move you along. And you're, maybe you're right now in chapter 9, and you, but you really feel like you're supposed to be in chapter 13. And God, what happened because of all And God says, okay, you've trusted me and you've held on. Now I'm going to move you. He can accelerate things. He can turn water into wine in a moment. When it should have taken months, it should have taken years. God says, I can do it in a day. I can do it in, I can do it from the moment that it's in the vessel to the moment that it's poured out to the moment that it touches the glass. I can do in a second what should take years. And he says, that season of weeping is over. She's not dead. But she was. But not to Jesus. See, everything in the natural could point to one thing. But if you have a God said, it doesn't matter. Everything in the natural says she's dead. But Jesus didn't. At the end of the day, the only word that matters is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word is with God, and the word was God. And even though every word said she's dead, one word, the one word that mattered said she's just asleep. And he grabbed her hand and he spoke to her and he said my child get up and (gasps) life entered her body (gasps) life entered the dream life entered the child life entered the promise it had been dead. It had gotten cold. It, 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 was, it was over. Every, everything said it's over. But, but, and the very hand of God, the very hand of the Creator placed His hand on her hand. And I prophesy now that the hand of God is coming upon dreams. If I'm, if I'm prophesying to you, lift your hands. It's coming upon promises. It's coming upon families. It's coming upon, it's coming upon, th- it's coming upon prayers. I prophesy right now, there are people who prayed prayers in the 70s and in the 60s and in the 80s. 
and you've gone, I prayed it and I heard from God, but I guess I didn't know. And the hand of God is coming back on those prayers. I'm reminded of Zechariah who, who prayed. Zechariah and Elizabeth. He was now in his 40s or 50s and the angel said, God has heard your prayer, you're going to have a son. But in Bible days, you had children in your teenage years and early 20s. But God said, I heard your prayer. I want you to know God's heard your prayer. Maybe you stopped praying it. God hasn't stopped listening to it. Maybe you forgot about it. God says, I never forget a prayer that comes out of the mouth of my people. Every tear you cried, it's gone into a bottle, and I've remembered it. Every prayer that you've prayed has gone into heaven, and I see it. God has heard your prayer. My child, get up. If you need a miracle right now, see, because I don't just preach this stuff and then it's just good allegorical preaching. I take it literally. If you need a miracle right now, stand your feet and lift your hands. If you need a miracle in any area of your life, physical, financial, in your family, I really believe in this stuff. People are going to be healed right now. Come worship team, come worship team. In the name of Jesus. Just don't even look at me. Look at Jesus right now. And imagine the very hand of your creator, nail pierced, scarred, coming upon your life right there. Coming upon your life right there. Coming upon your life right there. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hand. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for you. You hold my world in your hands. So I pray for you now. And I agree that every dead thing is coming back to life. Every dormant thing is waking up. Every sleeping thing is getting up. Believe God again. Trust God again. Praise God again. Worship God again. Believe God again. Hold on to God again. Trust God again. Love God again. The resurrection power of God is coming upon your situation and your life right now. And I say the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead 
is quickening right now your mortal body. He is quickening right now your dream. He is coming upon your situation. And I prophesy right now, get up. I prophesy right now, get up. I prophesy right now, rise, 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 rise. In the name of Jesus, every voice say, nothing is, say, nothing is. And that concludes today's podcast. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening. Hey, this is Randy Davenport, lead worship pastor here at Christian Life Austin, inviting you to check out our new single, Resurrected One, available now on iTunes and at cdbaby.com.